Okay, good evening. Today is February 14th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter or step is step 11, and our speaker tonight is Dottie S. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for uh, welcoming me. I want to thank Chanel for inviting me to speak tonight. Um, this is all the steps are critical care for me. I consider them critical care. One blends in with another. If I, um, I need all of them, you know, I really do need all of them. Um, but, uh, I just, I want to keep me, I want to keep my ego out of the way. So I've been asking God for help. Um, Mark Houston, one um, well-known AA speaker, used to say, when people would ask him, how did your talk go? He would say, I don't know, I wasn't there. And, you know, when I'm not there, my ego's not here, it's the best time for me. So I'm hoping it stays away. But anyway, um, yeah, this step 11 is just critical. Um, the, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. Um I'm sober in the other beverage program for 22 years through the grace of God. Um, when I was, a, I'm bringing this up because I know God's working in my life. I know God has saved me from many diseases, disorders, and I'm still here today. I am truly a miracle. I'm only here because he wants me here. I know that. There's no doubt in my mind. Now, um, I got sober on October 4th, 2001 in the beverage program. And I bring that up because it's the feast of St. Francis who wrote the 11 step prayer. I didn't know that until I was a year sober when somebody gave me a little tiny statue of St. Francis that I took through all my cancer surgeries. I it had bite, it's still on the uh, dresser today. It's got bite marks in it from when they took my staples out. Um, I knew there was a God in my life. He's been taking care of me every day. And um, it was it's not the God that I, I have a concept of today is not the God I was brought up with. Um, and I bring up St. Francis because he wrote that 11-step prayer. And my friend gave me the statue. Both of us didn't know my anniversary was his feast date. And that was a miracle for me. Um, so when I go back in my... I, I have the food down only since December 8th. I've had two relapses. I came in in uh, O-Readers Anonymous two years ago, and I've had two relapses. Uh, I came back the next day, thank God. Um, I know I belong here, and I can't live without OA. I need God and O-Readers Anonymous. Um, this comes first before anything else. If I don't place my recovery first, I'm dead. The doctors told me two years ago I would be dead because um, I needed a major surgery. And they said, you will not survive the surgery with your weight. Um, I'm down to the weight they wanted me to get to. And so far, it's been a miracle. I haven't need, needed that surgery. Um, so one day at a time with that, he's got me here for a reason. So right now, I'm going to go into that first uh, paragraph, step 11, suggest prayer and meditation. We, we shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. There are some days I cannot pray because of my attitude. 
I may wake up in a bad mood. Um, I will say the words, but I don't mean them. When my I call my sponsor in the morning, she'll say, let's pray. And she lets me lead the prayer because she knows she knows when I'm filled with the spirit, I'm ready to pray and the prayer comes from my heart. But some days I don't have it in me. So I'll go to a prayer that I was raised with, like the Our Father. And I said, this is all I can say today. And that's enough to keep that's enough to keep me going. Um, I like to bring up my father with this because he was a very religious man. He taught me when I was five years old. He he used the word Gaudi when he instead of God, and he taught me to pray. And I'm so grateful for that foundation, you know. Um, even though some of them I don't believe today, some of those concepts he taught me. Um, I'm grateful for the foundation. He he had a strong faith. And looking back, he had to bury his two sons at, a, at at young ages. And he had such strength. He was a better man than I was. Uh, I was a woman. He had the strength. And I, I look back at that and I thought, how did he do that? And he what he did is he he would say to me, where's your faith? Well, my faith was I didn't have, I knew I believed in God, but I wasn't doing the work. You know, I was so much into the self-centered disease. And uh, both my brothers died of this disease. I have a, another brother that's alive that's 380 pounds that is constantly going to the doctor every week because he has wounds from his diabetes condition. And then I have another sister with wet brain um, from the alcohol. So we have been, my family's been hit hard with this. Um, and I don't take it for granted today. I know where my mind can take me. My mind is very sick. Without God, my mind, it, I, I am very hopeless. Uh, the nightly inventory, I'm going to bring this up because this has helped me a great deal. Uh, about two years ago, I was about two months absent. I'm a school teacher. And there was um, a young boy that the uh, male teacher, I'm a special ed teacher. So I was in a regular classroom um, working cooperatively with the general education teacher in fifth grade. So he sent the one boy up stairs to tell me to take everybody, take the whole class in the gym. Meanwhile, the other teacher didn't come to bring her class safely back from recess. So I was staying with both classes. So I lost my patience after him sending the boy to me three times. I lost my patience with the boy and I knew it right away. And I heard him downstairs. I was upstairs with the rest of the class. And I knew right away, I heard that young boy's voice. I said, and I, it was an intuitive thought, go make it amends to that boy. And it was spring break. So we were getting out that day for spring break. I said, and I did not do it. I did not make it amends. That night when I made the nightly inventory, I was saying these questions to myself. And then where it comes to, we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection. I said to God, and and I, I do, you know, my sponsees, when I go over this paragraph with them, they always forget, and me included, I forget. I forget to ask for God's forgiveness, and I get to ask, I forget to ask God, what corrective measure should I take? Well, I was getting in the habit. I was two months abstinent. I'm getting in the practice of doing this, right? So I said to God, I'm laying there, you know, getting calm, ready to go to sleep. And I said, what should I do? 
tell me where I fell short today. And a little thought, a thought came in my head. I, I wasn't hearing a voice. A thought said, well, that boy, you were a little rough on him. You were impatient. So it's spring break. When you get back, you're going to make an amends. But right now, pray for him. And what I did, and, and the next thought that came, do not beat yourself up over it. Did I listen? No. And I beat it. I beat myself up over it. I wasted like half my vacation in self-pity over losing my patience with the boy. When I went back to school, I treated him well, extra kind, you know, and the boy's a, an athlete. He's nothing like me. He's very popular, um, plays all kinds of sports. He's not thinking about me, but I made it all about me. So that was a learning experience for me. So when I moved on and as I sponsor, I make a point to all my sponsees, make sure you look at that line. Do not drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection. It tells us right there not to do it. Because first of all, my mind is going to get me back into self-pity. And I'm not of good use to anybody. And um, and especially that line, ask for God's, God's forgiveness. I don't know where I fall short. I Sometimes I don't see it. So I'm just asking him. I don't know. And I will always get, when I'm really, really doing this the best I can with his help, I will get a sense of peace. Like it's not a beating up, it's not a beating up activity anymore for me. It's like, all right, I fell short here. Next, now tomorrow, tomorrow what I'm going to do is be kind to these people and I'm going to ask God, when my teacher aide is screaming down the hallway, you're going the wrong way. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to speak my truth. And, and when I go that route, what happens is usually the person doesn't act like that. Or I will not even notice it. You know, that, that's been my experience. Um, now, the next part on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. Well, see, my thinking will get into dishonesty. I'll start my, if if I don't stay real close to God, as it says in step three, and perform his work well, I will get into dishonest thoughts and it will feed my fear. It happens every time. So usually when somebody's not sticking to my script, it will feed the fear that I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough teacher. Maybe this isn't the job I'm supposed to be. I don't have the qualifications. And as a therapist laughed one time, isn't that funny? You're not good enough, yet they keep hiring you back. And my my head will lie to me. And it's been such a revelation that I didn't have in the beverage program because I was stuffing myself with sugar all the time. And now that my head is cleared of sugar and my soul too, um, it's like I can see things much clearer. And whenever those... People are not sticking to my script, whether it be the teacher aide yelling, you're not doing the right thing, or yelling across a classroom, yo, you forgot this. It's like, I always, it, it comes down, if it lingers, it will get me. It will get me, it always comes down to self. That person's acting like this, so I must not be doing the right thing. You know, that it always comes to that. And now that I know that, I can ask God, please keep this from me. 
some days it's good, some days it's not, and that's okay. And that's what the TED steps were. Um, and I love it when the book says, ask him to direct our thinking that it be free from these selfish, these self-seeking motives, dishonest, self-pity, because then we can be sure that God is going to, you, you know, he, we can be sure of the brains he gave us to use. He's given me many talents. I can get things done in three minutes that it, like I can find three lessons within two minutes that are quality lessons for my students. Now that's a gift from him. You know what I mean? But if I'm back into that self-pity, it'll take me hours. You know, my lesson plans do not take me as long as they used to because I'm staying close to him and thinking of what he wants me to do and being of service to him, it makes it go much easier. Um, the next thing is indecision. I have not mastered relaxing and take it easy. I can ask him for help, but I still don't relax and take it easy. That's, I'm a work in progress on that. Um, I do get the right answers after a while though. I'm very grateful to God for that. Um, now, the other thing is, yes, I have to be careful that I'm not going to be inspired at all times. And that's when I need to check in with other people, other people that are recovered and check in with them. And then when I'm sponsoring, I'll get answers too. So when I'm taking people through the big book, God will give me an answer to one of my problems. Like, aha, uh -huh, like an aha, uh -huh, light bulb movement. Um, the period of meditation with a prayer, usually I conclude with um, the serenity prayer of the Our Father. Um, that will help me understand what my next step's going to be. I love what Kim G said. She taught me about a year ago that she visualizes how her day's going to be. And she's struck, you know, I love how that I'm starting to visualize how my day's going to be. What possible things, this lesson's coming up, this subject. Show me, God, give me a picture of how you want me to act. How do you want me to treat my students? How do you want me to treat the adults? Every person I meet. And it, it makes it much better visualizing what the date, because I'm a visual learner anyway. Um, I join, in the next paragraph, we ask our wiser friends to join us. What's rocketed my recovery is going to a 615 prayer group in the morning. Some days when I wasn't listening to them and just had it on, I wasn't doing too well. But the days I really get active and say prayers myself with these people, it helps a great deal. Um, and they go with what Dr. Bob um, used to study, the book of James from the Bible, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. So I meet with them seven days a week, 615. And when I host the group, I really, my life, I mean, people don't change around me, but I'm changed inside. It's just amazing. Um, and then I like where it says, be quick to see where religious people are right. And I do look to religious teachers. I don't listen to a lot of them, but there's a few I've handpicked that have touched my soul and, and I really learn a lot from them. Um, yes, and I will be done. I love how Bill W. brings that up in the 10th step too. You know, God, at the end of the 10th step, he says, God, how can I best serve thee? Um, thy will be done. And then he brings it up here again. So many times each day, I'm to be saying, thy will be done. So when people are get yelling down the hallway my name saying you're making a mistake, 
Thy will be done. Just keep thinking these thoughts. This way I don't get angry. It really does help. Um, and I'm very undisciplined. I'm very undisciplined. Um, being diagnosed with bipolar. Daddy, you have five minutes left. Thank you very much. Yes. Being, uh, being uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder last June after um, being abstinent for over a year was very difficult. <clears throat> um, that was very hard to, you know, grasp, but uh, I'm grateful for it today because it makes me understand and be more empathetic to people with mental illness. I also have obsessive compulsive disorder. So between these two disorders, I can, my mind can race at any time. And, uh, but with working this step 11, it does discipline my mind and things, I am able to slow down and pause, take that pause and, and just wait for the next right thought. And um, I love in the last two lines of this, there's, a, but this is not all, faith without works is dead. And I think that's what was going on for me. Like in 2007, well, in 2006, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. I survived that after a year of treatment, two surgeries, radiation, chemo. And that was all from this disease. The surgeon sat me down. He said, you brought it on early. And then after he took the tumor out, I put on eight pounds in a week. And he said, please don't put on weight. And he had his nurse say it. Um. And that's what caused the big belly with the hernias because I kept eating. I would gain, lose, gain, lose. And it wasn't, it's not good for somebody who's had major surgery. So um, this faith without works, why I bring up 2007 is my mother, I got a call from my mother's nurse. I was living in Florida. She said, please come back to Jersey. Your mom's dying. So I came back and I was not going to any meetings at all. And of course I didn't have the food down, but I was, I didn't have a drink in six years. The 11th step intuitively kicked in because I had to make the decision to pull the plug on my mother. And I called my family and nobody was answering and nobody showed up for, until five hours later. So I made the decision without them. And there, there was somebody nudging me to do that. And I was saying this 11th step in my head, God direct my thinking, please keep it out of me. It just intuitively came up after not going to AA meetings for two years. Um, I know that's a miracle. I know I'm loved by God. I know I'm loved by a power greater than myself. And he's so much more than what I was taught when I was a child. I've had spiritual experiences that have been quite beautiful where I felt my soul was a total peace and totally felt loved unconditionally by God. Just after three weeks of having the food down, when I first came in, it was the most beautiful, and I was doing a meditation at night. It was the most beautiful experience, but it's not enough to keep me abstinent. It's not enough to keep me sane and, and felt loved by this higher power. I need to work at it every day and I'm not perfect and I'm okay with that today. You know, sometimes it'll, um, those imperfections are a good thing because it teaches me how much I need God. 
it lets me do when I'm I'm done and tired with my imperfections. I just let him take over and he does work in me. He he put the he put me in this job. I'm 58 years old. At 55, I went back to school. I've been a general ed elementary teacher all, for 30 years. At 55, I got a nudge to go back and get my special ed certificate for New Jersey. It was one of the greatest decisions I ever made. So last summer, I, I they put me in this nonverbal autistic class. And they said, you're going to get hit. And two teachers said, don't take, don't take it. Don't take the job. And my best friend who's here at this meeting said, Dottie, pray about it. So I did. And I took it. And the first day I was terrified. And I was stopping my feet walking into that school building. And I said, God, I don't know what you have me doing here. Just show me what to do. Show me how. And when I got with those students, he showed me who I was. He showed me how much I love these students. He showed me my talents. And it was the most beautiful gift. And I I, I love my job every day. I, I can't say I love the adults too much, but I love those students and a work in progress. I am getting better dealing with the adults through steps 10, 11, and 12, doing them faithfully every day. And uh, I just know God has me here for another night. How long he wants me here. I'm just going to go with his plan. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Wow. That was so wonderful. Thanks, Dottie. Um, I just, just got so much out of that. I was taking notes all over the place. Um, okay. Let's get to the little spiel here. Okay. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine, if you're on the phone. I will call the raised hands in order and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Will the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker has asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, Chanel, you may begin. Hi, thanks so much. I'm still Chanel. I'm still a grateful compulsive eater. I get to live in recovery today purely by the grace of God. And I know Dottie, you are one of the people I talk to when I am spinning. In fact, we text more than we talk, but thank you for sharing tonight. Thank you for always giving your all whenever you share, you're always all in. And I appreciate that. And um, if anybody has missed the two previous shares, make sure you catch those on our website too. Amazing stuff. Step 11. Um, sometimes I'm sloppy with it. Sloppy. And, um, and I notice it. I notice it because that is an opportunity for me to directly communicate with my higher power. I choose to call God. And I was just thinking about, I don't want to get into too much of it because it, it might be too personal, but so Dottie works with not only special ed, but medically fragile students. And one of them passed 
recently. And, and Dottie had such a beautiful spirit about that whole thing. And we texted back and forth. We talked a few times and Dottie, I just want to thank you because you are an inspiration to me. You're an inspiration and your life doesn't look neat and tidy. And I need that. I need that because I can't relate to neat and tidy very well. That's why there's a virtual background. Anyway, but I just want to thank you so much. And you know, I love you. Thank you. I pass. <laughs> thank you. Meredith B, you're up next. Hey, everybody. Meredith B, recovered in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, thank you, Dottie. You are another miracle, walking miracle. Um, and what I heard tonight was that you just, you just keep showing up. I mean, sometimes, where are you? I don't see you. Hmm. Oh, there you are. Okay. Um, you know, I certainly don't feel inspired every day. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's just as long as I keep showing up, even if it feels rote or, you know, if I just say the words and there's no feeling behind it. I think there's grace. I know there's grace because um, it's the best I can do. And I don't think God wants more than that. I don't think he asked for more than that. And um, I've been feeling that way a lot lately, but I, but it, I think there's really something to be said for just like keep keeping doing the same, not the same, but you know, just well, showing up, like I said, and, um, it comes around it, that in my experience anyway, um, thank you for showing up. And, um, I always love seeing your face and hearing your voice and your shares. I'll pass. Thanks, Meredith. And Teresa B, you're up next. I'm Teresa B from New Jersey and I'm a compulsive overeating bulimic. And I just wanted to um, comment on some of the highlights of um, Dottie's share that resonated with me. And every time I hear her shares, regardless of the meeting, it just reminds me again about the, the love of God and the way that he never gives up on us, even when we give up on ourselves. And sometimes we let things of this world get to us. He does not forsake us at any time. And by us doing our 11th step, it allows us to reconnect with him over and over again. That's our time to um, clean our slate and allow our father to help us out to deal with the um, chaos that was our day to help us to bring our feelings back into balance so that when we go to sleep at night, we can go to sleep um, at peace and knowing that we are loved, even though we are not perfect. And then we wake up in the morning, we are again reminded that we are reconnecting with our higher power and we are allowing our ego to stay down because we are humble because we know that everything is going to be as our father wished it to be for that day because it is our higher power that is in control not ours it is not our twisted mind and our um overzealous ego 
it is not that part of ourself that is in control because if it is that part of ourselves that is in control, it is a disease in control then. And that is not what our father wants for us. So the 11th step, and just like all of the steps, um, like Dottie emphasized, um, they are all um, connected like pieces of a puzzle. You can't have one step without the other. And again, the 11th step is a great way for us to um, bring that connection back and um, end our day and begin our day. And with that, I want to pass. Thank you, for Teresa, for sharing. Mary S., you're up. Hi, everybody. It's Mary. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you for everyone's service. Dottie, I love you. You know I love you. Uh, you know, there's certain times that, um, you know, whenever I need prayer, you're right there for me. Um, last year, I had a medical issue, and you called me the night before my surgery, and you said, are you ready to pray? <laughs> and I was, and you did. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for always being there. Your humility, your kindness is so evident. You know, I appreciate everything that you shared about the 11th step. And one thing that I've always heard from you over and over again is how much you love the children and not necessarily the adults. And I believe that's because they're pure. You know, they're not yet polluted with societal things and social media. They're just pure. They're pure spirit. They're pure soul. And you're there to love them unconditionally. And that's a lot of what the 11th step is about, too, to know God's will for us and the power to carry that out. And I feel that you do that on a daily basis. When you walk into that classroom, you are doing God's will and God's work. And I know in my life that you have done God's will and God's work. You've not only prayed for me, but you've prayed for my children and my adult children. And I will be forever grateful for that, Kabdadi. Uh, you know, I just love you. And I thank you so much for allowing me to share. Thank you, Dottie. Mwah. Awesome. Uh, Natalie S., you're next. Hi, thank you. I am Natalie S. in Arizona. Also neither. And um, Dottie, I come to this meeting uh, on occasion when I came adding up which week the speakers were on. And I'm glad it was you because I've seen you in other meetings and I've heard you speak and I just, there's been a period of time, I don't know how much from the last time I've heard you to today. And I just got a greater sense of peace um, and serenity from you. And I, I think that's beautiful to see, you know, when you don't see somebody for a while and then you come back. Um, I did have a question. Am, am I able to ask questions of the speaker? Okay. So I was really um, curious about your story related to the student in spring break and how um, your explanation of going into um, kind of re remorseful reflection. And I thought that's great. I'm curious how you... So if it would have been me, this is the best way I can explain it. If it would have been me, I would have probably tried to find the kid's phone number, try to find his house, try to go to get him, try to find him and say, you know, 
I just want to apologize or whatever it was you needed to say. And how do you tell in that a similar situation if if God's bringing it to mind to go and take the action now or wait without beating yourself up? It seems, I don't know, um, and I'd be curious about your um, insight into that, if you would, please. Yeah, thanks, Natalie, for the question. Well, first of all, I live 50 minutes away from the boy. Um, it was a long distance travel. And I did think about calling him. But I know the mother would have laughed it off. They're that kind of family, very popular people. And, you know, everybody loves them. And he's he's the kind of kid that you would could possibly make the basketball, pro professional basketball team. I mean, he's that talented. So I thought about calling him, but I just I just thought they would think I was crazy. That that was my thought, you know what I mean? And I could I really thought it was the right thing to do to wait till I got back. And I did. I was I I didn't make a direct amend saying I'm sorry for what I did. I I just said I made it better. Like every time I saw him, like every day, like I treated him like an equal, not an equal, but like the rest of the children. You know what I'm saying? Like I would treat all of them and um, just kind. But I didn't feel it right to, to call because the mother and the whole family is very like we're too busy kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I did beat myself up over it. It was all total. And I wasted my whole almost my entire spring break. It was miserable for me. I didn't pick up the food, but it wasn't like the best spring break. Like I wasn't out walking the dogs like I usually do. And yeah, so, but that's, that was a good question. Thanks, Natalie. Melissa, you're muted. Good, because I messed up my wording. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares with the Zoom host. Please stop the recording. Okay.